This is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in Christ Jesus, the heavenly realms, the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. So I'm taught the Word of God. My life has changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. Amen. Give five people a high five and then you may be seated this morning. The message this morning is uh, Jesus feeds 4,000 plus women, 4,000 men plus women and children. And what we're doing in 2023 is walking through the miracles of the New Testament, looking for patterns and principles. If God's people could learn to look for and then apply the principles and patterns they see in the miracles of the New Testament, they could live their lives and hardly have an unmet need. I think that's particularly true of miracles like what we're going to look at this morning because I think generally God's people read these miracles and think, oh, that was cool, that's nice. And if you don't discover the pattern of the principle in the miracle, it doesn't do you any good personally. The ministry of Jesus was a ministry of compassion. In Matthew 14, 14, it says, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. So our great God is a God of compassion. Say it out loud. Our great God, Our great God. is a God of, God of compassion. Now the devil will turn that on its head and get you to thinking that God is your enemy and God's withholding and God's all powerful but he ain't gonna do nothing for you and he has no feelings of compassion or mercy towards you. This is a lie. The problem is that we get ourselves in the way and uh, when I say that, I'm talking about these four words from Hebrews 3 and 4, sin, disobedience, rebellion, and unbelief. But the other thing is, if we see God as the one who's denying us, we're not going to get anywhere at any point in our lives, whether it's physical or healing or financial or anywhere. He is... He is our beloved Father. Lift both hands up and say, He is our beloved Father. Hallelujah. Now today is miracle number 24. By our reckoning, Jesus feeds 4,000 plus women and children. But we are also going to go back and look at miracle number 19. Jesus feeds 5,000 plus women and children. And we dealt with that miracle on Sunday, May 18. Now why are we going to look at, go back and look at Miracle 19 and then 24 by our reckoning. Well, because even though these were two separate events, the principles are the same. In these days of hyperinflation, everyone here needs to learn the pattern and principle of biblical multiplication. 
I said in these days of hyperinflation, everyone here needs to learn the pattern and principle of biblical multiplication. Three scriptures everyone here should have memorized are Matthew 6.21, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Matthew 6.33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Luke 6.38, give and it will be given unto you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap for with the measure you use. Say it out loud. Tell your neighbor, for with the measure you use. Tell the neighbor on the other side, for with the measure you use. Oral Roberts taught it this way. People want to give to God out of, the, out of a thimble and believe God for a dump truck. Well, it doesn't work like that. Because Jesus said, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now, I don't often share these principles that Lester Summerall taught me in our living room, me and Sue in our living room about men and money. But here it is. If he taught me. He taught us if a man's not right with his money, that man isn't right. And he taught me if you don't have a man's money, you don't have that man's heart. And let me add a point the Holy Spirit is reminding me that I learned from one of my other daddies in the faith, John Osteen. And that is, he said, we need to get money right because we handle it every day. We handle it every day. It is a daily thing. And if, 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 if we're not right with money, we're not right every day because we handle it every day. Now, the purpose of prosperity is so that we can be a blessing. And so, of course, Satan doesn't want God's people to get blessed because he doesn't want God's people to be a blessing. In the first covenant of the Bible, God said to Abraham, Genesis 12, 2, I will bless you and I will make you a blessing. And I think that uh, Abraham's descendants forgot the second half of that. And I think too many of God's people have forgotten the second half of that. He said, I will bless you and I will make you a blessing. Christians today want to get blessed and not be a blessing. And I'm here to tell you without apology, it doesn't work that way. So let's look at these two times Jesus multiplied the loaves and the fishes and discover the Jesus multiplication factor. In Mark 6, we have the feeding of 5,000 men plus women plus children. This is miracle 19 by our reckoning. And we dealt with that miracle on Sunday, May 18. Number one, if you're taking notes, Jesus wasn't poor and Jesus didn't live broke. Number one, Jesus wasn't poor and Jesus didn't live broke. Matthew, or excuse me, Mark 6, 35, by this time it was late in the day. So his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, that would take eight months of a man's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? So they had the money with them. Tell your neighbor, they had the money with them. Tell the neighbor on the other side, they had the money with them. They had the money with them to buy food for 5,000 men plus women plus children. So they had the money with them. Number two, when you walk with Jesus, not enough is not an excuse. Number two, when you walk with Jesus, not enough is not an excuse. Matthew 6, 38, how many loaves do you have? He asked, go and see. When they found out, they said five and two fish. See, everything God does, every miracle of God, 
begins with a seed. Father, open their eyes. Everything God does, every miracle of God begins with a seed. Tell your neighbor, everything God does, every miracle of God begins with a seed. Tell the neighbor on the other side, everything God does, every miracle of God begins with a seed. Number three, Jesus doesn't subtract or divide, Jesus multiplies. Jesus doesn't subtract or divide, Jesus multiplies. Verse 39, then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks. Say it out loud, he gave thanks. thanks. Lift your hands toward heaven and say, he gave thanks. He gave thanks and broke the loaves and he gave to his disciples to set before the people. Then he gave them to his disciples to set before the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. Now notice that Jesus didn't complain about what he didn't have. Notice that Jesus didn't complain about what he didn't have. Jesus gave thanks for what he did have. I said notice that Jesus didn't complain about what he didn't have. (laughs) Jesus gave thanks for what he did have. Number four, when you give your not enough to Jesus, you live a life of plenty left over. Number four, when you give your not enough to Jesus, you live your life, you live a life of plenty left over. Verse 42, they all ate and were satisfied. Say it out loud, they all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of men who had eaten was 5,000. 5,000 men plus women plus children. Then in Mark 8, we have the feeding of the 4,000 men plus women plus children. This is miracle 24 by our reckoning and a separate event from the feeding of the 5,000 men plus women plus children in Mark 6. Number five in the notes today, when you don't have enough, Jesus has compassion on you and wants you to have more than enough. Why? Well, one of his names is El Shaddai. He is the almighty God. He is the God of more than enough. And when he looks down from heaven and he sees his children and they don't have enough, number five, he has compassion on you and wants you to have more than enough. Mark chapter eight, verse one, during those days, another large crowd gathered. Since they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion. (laughs) Say it out loud, my God has compassion. Say it this way, the Lord has compassion. Jesus said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will collapse on the way because some of them have come a long distance. His disciples answered, but where in this remote place can anyone get enough bread to feed them? Again, the implication is they they were assuming that he wanted them to go and buy food. He says to them in verse five, how many loaves do you have? Jesus asked, Seven, they replied, he told the crowd to sit down on the ground when he had taken the seven loaves and given, given thanks. Say it, lift both hands, say it again. He gave thanks. Yes. He broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before the people, and they did so. They had a few small fish as well. He gave thanks for them also and told the disciples to distribute them. The people ate and were satisfied. Say it out loud, the people ate and were satisfied. 
Afterward, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. About 4,000 men were present. So when we read these miracles and we're not looking for patterns or principles, we might say to ourselves, well, man, that was great. And that was cool. Man, I wish I'd been there. And then we go on to thinking about something else. But there are life-changing principles in these miracles <laughs> staggering, unbelievable power in the principles in these miracles. And people just don't get it. He's saying to me, they don't want to get it. Notice again in verse 4, the disciples talked about buying enough food to feed 4,000 men plus women plus children. So Jesus wasn't poor and Jesus didn't live broke. Tell your neighbor, Jesus wasn't poor and Jesus didn't live broke. Tell the neighbor on the other side, Jesus wasn't poor and Jesus didn't live broke. Number six, in both miracles, Jesus asked the same question, what do you have? Notice in both miracles, Jesus asked the same question, what do you have? It's that lousy, stinking seed of Adam in us. I said it is that lousy, stinking seed of Adam in us that wants to focus on what we do not have. And I'll tell you a secret about what you don't have. What you don't have doesn't matter because you can't do nothing with what you don't have. I said what you don't have doesn't matter because you I know that's not proper English. I went to school. But sometimes I say things the way I say them because you'll, you'll remember them better. What you don't have doesn't matter because you can't do nothing with what you don't have. You can only do something with what you do have. But it is that lousy, stinking seed of Adam in us that wants us to focus on what we don't have because that leads to complaining. And listen, complaining is one of the number one devices of Satan to defeat you and hold you where you are. And this culture is addicted to complaining. Complaining, whining, crying, protesting, complaining. Nobody ever paid a bill protesting. Nobody ever paid a bill complaining. Nobody ever, paid, nobody ever graduated to the next level financially with a complaint in their mouth. It is a snare of Satan. Number six in both miracles, Jesus asked the same question, what do you have? Over and over and over, God asks men and women this exact same question. It's the exact same question that God asked Moses in Exodus 4, 1 and 2. Moses answered, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say the Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? All he had was a staff, a shepherd's staff. The Lord said, what is that in your hand? It's kind of like the question Elijah asked the widow in 1 Kings 17, 13 and 14. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. I can hear my God say, fear not. Fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not. Hallelujah. Elijah said to the widow, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, <laughs> 
And that's where the guts part comes in. But first, but first, go home and do as you have said, but first make a small cake of bread for me from what you have. Shout out loud, from what you have. You can't do nothing with what you don't have. You cannot employ what you do not have. You cannot put to work what you do not have. From what you have and bring it to me. I'm not even going to come get it. Bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. And because she took action, say it out loud, she took action. Because she took action, not on what she didn't have, but on what she did have. Verses 15 and 16 say she went away and did. And there it is. That, man, that's the whole deal. That is the whole enchilada. And that's what God's people don't do. She went away and did. She went away and did. Was it a week, or, week ago or two weeks ago, one of the points of the message was offense is a killer. And so, you know, instead of she went away and didding, a lot of God's people went away offended. I said instead of winning, winning away and didding, a lot of God's people have went it away offended. The power's in the action. The power's in taking the action. Amen. Amen. She went away and did as Elijah had told her, so there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family, for the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry, in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. In keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. In the feeding of the 5,000 men plus women plus children in Mark 6, 38, Jesus asked, how many loaves do you have? And in the feeding of the 4,000 men plus women plus children in Mark 8, 5, Jesus asked, how many loaves do you have? Now notice that Jesus didn't complain about what he didn't have. Jesus gave thanks for what he did have. I said, notice that Jesus didn't complain about what he didn't have. Jesus gave thanks for what he did have. I've spent 50 years listening to God's people tell me what they don't have and what they can't do. I said, I, <laughs> I told you, here we go. I said, I've spent 50 years listening to God's people tell me what they don't have and what they cannot do. There's no victory in telling me or telling God what you don't have and what you can't do. I said, there's no victory in telling me or telling God what you don't have and what you can't do. Everything God does, every miracle of God begins with a seed. I said, everything God does, every miracle of God begins with a seed. Tell your neighbor, everything God does and every miracle of God begins with a seed. Tell the neighbor on the other side, everything God does and every miracle of God begins with a seed. Number seven, yield what you have to God and he will multiply it. Number seven, yield what you have to God and he will multiply it. Give, something to, give God something to work with, then believe God for a great harvest. Give God something to work with, 
then believe God for a great harvest. Mark 10, 28, Peter said to Jesus, we have left everything to follow you. I tell you the truth, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Shout it out loud, in this present age. Now, now, you, you could be at Faith Christian Center for the first time. You could be a, a new person. You could be upset with me. I didn't write any of this. I'm just the herald. And I'm just telling you what the Word of God says. And Jesus said, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. In this present age. In this present age. And at the front I gave you uh, Luke 6:38. Given it shall be given unto you. Good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over. Be measured back to you for with the measure... King James says, for the, with the measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured back to you. For with the NIV says, for with the measure you use, it shall be measured back unto you. People just don't have any respect anymore for the genius architect. I'm going to get to this in the offering who designed this earth and how this earth operates. Now, I know that in recent days in public schools, they probably don't memorize multiplication tables. But I, I suspect that this crowd here at 9 o'clock on Sunday morning probably knows what 100 times 1 is. What is a hundred times one? All right. So you give God a tip this morning. You put, a, you put one dollar in the bucket and we have the word of God on it. You have a hundred dollars coming back. Question. In 2023, what exactly can you do with a hundred dollars? For with the measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured back to you. For with the measure you use, it will be measured, it will be given back to you. All right, let's go for a hundredfold increase. Let's go, a hundred percent increase. I'm gonna put $2 in that bucket. I'm gonna stretch the heck out of myself and I'm gonna put $2 in that bucket. All right, see, math. He's promised you, you've got the word of God on it, a hundredfold return. Now, he didn't say tomorrow. He said in this life. So in other words, before you croak, <laughs> he's going to get $200 to you. Question, in 2023, what exactly are you going to do with $200? Well, now that we're past $100, and we're up to $200, well, we can go to lunch. <laughs> I remember we used to all four go to lunch, it would be like $50. Those days are gone forever. Yeah. 
Everything they're doing now is an attack on the genius architect. You know, I've often thought about doing a satellite church in Parker County, but I don't do anything the Lord doesn't tell me to do because I've learned this. If, if I do something and he didn't tell me to do it, he'll let me pay for it. I won't pay for it. But if, if we were holding church out there at Parker County this morning and we had ranchers in the audience, every one of them would know that two bulls can't produce a calf. But this is what's being taught in every public school and every university in America. Can't do nothing with two bulls. And can't do nothing with two heifers. But you give me a hundred heifers and just one bull. And I make some money. You understand this? All right. Who designed this system? Who designed the genius architect of the universe? Haley's Comet comes by every so often. They know exactly when it's coming. My God, my God, my God. What kind of a mind can create a universe where everything operates in a such exact precision? And now we know that those comets that come by every so often, they make minute adjustments to the path of the earth and the path of the moon so that the earth stays on exactly the precise course that it was destined to stay on. This is the genius architect of the universe. But they want you to Believe that if you pay higher taxes, they can stop hailstorms. If you look at a picture of the Statue of Liberty today, I challenge you to do it. And look at a picture of the Statue of Liberty from 150 years ago when photography first began. You know what you do not see? You know what you do not see? Do you know what you do not see? the ocean higher. Everything they're teaching is a lie and it's all designed to chip away, chip away, chip away, chip away, chip away at our respect for the king of the universe. He is the king of the universe. And by what he did through Jesus on Calvary's cross, we have been given the unbelievable privilege to know the king of the universe and to be known by him. One of his names is Jehovah Rohi. He is the God who sees us. And yet I've spent 50 years trying to talk God's people into believing the Bible. Pretty amazing. Now I could understand, you know, if, if you put me in a public school classroom or if you put me over at UTA, I could understand having a hard time trying to talk them into believing the Bible. But why is it so hard to talk God's people into believing the Bible? God's people, tongue talkers. Amazes the heck out of me. 
none of this is new. The, the newest in here is about 1,950 years old. So why haven't God's people got it and mastered it? It's not new. Now, were there two miraculous multiplications of loaves and fishes, or were the gospel writers confused? They teach this in seminaries, cemeteries. <laughs> were the gospel writers confused and turned one story into two stories? Well, let's go to Mark 8, 14 and find out. Mark 8, 14. The disciples had forgotten to bring bread except for one loaf they had with them in the boat. Now, what's fascinating to me about Mark chapter 8 is their focus is on what they don't have. The disciples had forgotten to bring bread except for one loaf that they had with them in the boat. Be careful, Jesus warned them, watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. Well, he wasn't talking about bread, but that's the way they took it because their minds were on what they didn't have. They discussed this with one another and said, it is because we have no bread. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, why are you talking about having no bread? Now, let me put that in Detroit vernacular. What the hell are y'all talking about? But this is what God's people do. We ain't got no bread. <laughs> this is what's so disturbing to me about the way preachers have acted the last six years with regard to a politician compromising their values, compromising their faith, compromising their standards so that maybe they could have gone and got a, got a lunch at the White House. Why would I want to go visit some old house? I like new stuff. And, 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 and the, to, to be polluted by the presence of people in that system. Why would I want to do that when every morning I walk out my front door and I spend an hour and a half with the king of the universe. Why would I care about some lousy politician, let alone worship him? Now, nobody's worshiping this guy. But you know, the last two presidents, people have lost their minds in worship. And I'm telling you without apology, I don't care what politician, what party, these are men and these are liars and these are not people to put your faith in. Now, is one better than the other? Of course. I could go to the grocery store with Sue tomorrow and say, well, these peaches look better than those peaches, but I'm not gonna get on my knees in the grocery store and worship the better peaches. Is one better than the other? Absolutely. These are all idolatries 
and opportunities for Satan's people and God's people to put their faith in men. And when you put your faith in a man, you are not putting your faith in God. And when you put your faith in the word of God, you are putting your faith in God because John 1, 1 says it's the same thing. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you, not, do you, have, eyes to, do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000? How many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? 12, they replied. And when I broke the seven loaves for 4,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? They answered seven. And he said to them, do you still not understand? But it is that lousy, stinking seed of Adam in us that wants to focus on what we do not have. Now, I'd like to say that if I had been there that day, I would have said, he's not talking about bread. He didn't care about bread. He can multiply the loaves and the fishes. We got one loaf. That's enough to feed, you know, a thousand men plus women plus children easily. But these, these guys were not older men. They were younger men. And I've been doing this a while now. This is one of the greatest secrets of our lives. Open their eyes. We didn't have anything. God says, go to Bible school. I was cut off. My father set me down, cut me off. I had to make my own way. I had to pay my own tuition. We, there was no directive from the Lord, but I, I didn't feel like I was ready for the ministry, so we came to Fort Worth to go to a Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. We didn't have anything but the $400 Sue's grandpa gave us at our wedding. I had spent all of my money on Sue's ring and paying everything, you know, having no debt. Had a car with no debt, came down to Texas, had nothing. Got a position in the ministry at $1,200. Actually, the starting pay was $1,000 a month. Four years later, God says, go to Africa. We got nothing. Come back, pioneer a church. You don't go to God, the king of the universe, and talk about what you don't have. You don't do that. That's offensive. And it's self-sabotage. Yeah, but, you know, we want to do that Richard Nixon thing. I, I have so little. Doesn't matter what I have. Doesn't matter what I don't have. Only thing that matters is that I walk with him. And this is one of the greatest secrets of our lives, and that is this. I've discovered that what I put in his hands, he multiplies. He multiplies into his kingdom, and he multiplies back into me. But I've discovered something 
related to this. Since he has given us his word on a hundredfold return in this life. And because I have big vision and big appetites. Lord, open their eyes. I discovered the power, Sue and I discovered the power of giving him big money. For with the measure ye meet with all, it shall be measured back to you. What does the Lord think of us? If you heard about some crypto deal or you heard about some stock deal and, and somebody said, you know, you can double your money in six months, a doubling of your money, that's only, that's only one fold. And we believe this, we believe that. How many, I'm going to lift my hands, how many of you have believed somebody spiel and you got on a, on a money deal, I'm going to lift my hand, I remember we had church members stole my IRA contribution one year and Sue's IRA contribution one year. It was a total scam. We lost our money. How many of you have listened to somebody give you a financial spiel with all kinds of promises and the, the money was lost? I got my hand up. Everybody, lift it up high and I want everybody to look around the room. Look around the room. Look around the room. All right? But I'm here to testify that my beautiful, my wonderful, my glorious heavenly father has not failed me one time in my 67 years. His word is good. Jesus prayed in John 17, 17, Father, thy word is truth. Jesus said heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. I've got his word on it. Now that doesn't mean it's coming by, by Monday. That doesn't mean it's coming by Friday. But he said, in this life. So that means before I croak, that I got a hundredfold coming on everything I put into his hands. And then I don't even worry about it. <laughs> I would really rather not say that. And I'm loose. You know, I don't worry about it because I figure... I don't want to be a poor man in heaven. And so I've actually told him, you know, whatever you don't get to me on this side, that's fine with me because I'll take a hundredfold on the other side. I don't know how that works. The Bible doesn't say much about heaven. The Bible says three times as much about hell as it does heaven. We don't know how heaven works, but Fred Price taught us, you know, heaven will take care of itself. Just get there. But I have a list of things I want to live to see. And the Lord spoke to me one morning and he said, did you notice that everything on your list is for others? And I hadn't thought of that. And then he told me to add something to my list that I will live to see. And that is a hundredfold return on the extra $2 million we're putting in the challenge offering. And that's just a, that's a, that's, that's, that's out there. But it's just faith. It's not like a, a leg or an arm or a toe or an eye. Our God wants to do big things. 
But how can our God do big things if his people are talking about having one loaf of bread? They, they control the search engines. They control Hollywood. They control TV. They control media. They control the electronics. They control the apps. They control the social media. And even if some person of a Christian persuasion sneaks a movie through like Sound of Freedom, it shows in limited theaters that it's attacked by the media. All because... God's people are sitting around talking about how they only have one loaf. My God, my God, my God. So Jesus himself testified that there were two miraculous feedings of the multitudes. One was for 5,000 men plus women plus children, and the other was for 4,000 men plus women plus children. And here we are 2,000 years later, and people who call themselves by his name can't gather the intestinal fortitude to gather up the little they have and to put it into his hands for him to multiply. Do you still not understand? That's what Jesus asked them. Do you still not understand? God will be a debtor to no man, so whatever you put into his hands, he will multiply and give back to you, and you will be satisfied. Not just multiply and give back to you, but he will multiply into his kingdom. It is an awesome and a glorious thing that he has done. You know what I'm going to do, Adrian? I'm going to put it in the message here, those two slides I gave you, because that way people will see this in the future. I brought with me this morning for the offering, I have got a whole bunch of these little pecan seeds. Now, why they're falling off the trees early, I do not know. And I don't know if, what camera are we on? I don't know if you can zoom in, but I don't know if it's the wind blows them off the trees. These are, these are early, of course, they're useless, but they're not useless. Now, I've got a tree, that middle tree with the sunlight on the top, that is a pecan tree that has come up naturally in my yard and then there are pecan trees coming up around it naturally and and the, that pecan tree is now bearing fruit and so I asked uh, two different guys uh, yard people not yard people landscape people about this and I found out contrary to my low opinion squirrels do have a purpose Because apparently what squirrels do is they bury seeds for later and then they forget about them. And that's, so, so they do have a purpose. I, I, I want to ask the Lord about this, but of course when we get to heaven, these are not going to be topics we're going to want to bring up. Why, why, why did you make mosquitoes? I mean, I think there'll be bigger issues to talk about. But think about it. The genius architect of the universe that some stupid little squirrel could take one of these that's fallen to the ground and go bury it somewhere for later and forget about it and a tree come up and then that tree bears fruit 
And then how often does that tree bear fruit? Every year, as long as it's alive. And a squirrel might bury one seed, but how many pecans are going to be on that tree when it's a mature tree? I don't know. Some of you might know. Thousands and thousands. How many, how many years? Just one year it does that? It does that every year. And then the next year, and the next year, and the next year, and the next year, and the next year. This is how the genius architect of the universe designed the earth. And yet God's people don't see it. So Father God, I'm not a stupid squirrel putting pecans in the earth. I am your son and I'm putting money into your hands. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads. You might be here this morning. You've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and the Savior of your life, but you'd like to because let me tell you what, faith in God doesn't begin with healing. Faith in God doesn't begin with success and prosperity. Faith in God doesn't begin with anything except making Jesus Christ the Lord and the Savior of our lives individually and personally. Jesus said in John chapter 3, you must be born again. He said in Revelation chapter 3, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with him and he with me. See, the work's been done. When, when we need forgiveness of our sins, Jesus doesn't go back to the cross. The work's been done. The Bible says that if we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, if we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, we shall be saved. How many this morning would say, Pastor, I've never done that, but I want to be included in this prayer. I want to make Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. I want to give him my life. I want to be saved. I want to be born again. That's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up. Pastor, pray for me. Include me in this prayer. Anyone here this morning? There may be others here this morning. You're backslidden. You're not living for the Lord like you once did, like you promised God that you would. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How many this morning would say, Pastor, I told the Lord that I loved him and I meant it when I prayed it. I told the Lord that I'd live for him and I meant it when I prayed it, but I, I haven't been living it. I, I'm backslidden. And, but I don't want to be backslidden, not another day. I think you're right. I think the Lord is coming. Time is short. I want to live for him from this day to my last day. How many would say, Pastor, that's me. Pray for me. I want to recommit my life to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to be, I want to make it right with him and live for him from this day to my last day. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up. We're going to pray. Anyone here this morning? Yes. Any others? Amen. It's a wonderful day to get right with the Lord. It's a wonderful day to say yes to God. Everybody in the room, let's stand up. I want to give opportunity for those who raised their hands for either invitation to be bold about it. You know, we saw last month how, how the, the world's bold about being crazy. Well, we can be bold about being a Christian. And so if you raised your hand for either invitation, I want you to be bold about it. Gather up your belongings so your mind's not on your stuff. Gather up your belongings. Join me here at the front. We're going to pray. And let me say this, if, if you're here this morning and you did not raise your hand for either invitation, but the Holy Spirit's drawing you, calling you, I want you to join us. Amen. It's a wonderful day 
to get right with the Lord. It's a wonderful day to live for God. It's a wonderful day to believe him. Hallelujah. God bless you. Amen. Any other, anyone else, you're welcome to join us. Amen. Uh, for the sake of this one that is coming, others who may be coming, and also for the sake of everybody online that may want to commit their lives to the Lord or recommit to their, their lives to the Lord, let's pray this prayer together. Father God, Father God I give you my life. Time's gone by. I've gone my own way. I've done my own thing. I've lived for self. I've lived selfishly. But today I turn my life around and I give you my life. I, I believe in my heart that you raised Jesus from the dead. And I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. So I thank you, Father God, for receiving me into your family and becoming my father and not rejecting me. Thank you. <laughs> I rejoice in you and what you have done for me. In Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen. Everyone said amen. amen. God bless you. Uh, this is Jeff Hughes. We're going to take you to a, a room. We're going to pray with you and give you a copy of my book, God's Very Own Child. We'll get you right back in the service as quick as we can. Let's give God thanksgiving for her. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. I love it.